2: Welcome back to another episode of the Packaday Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. And remember, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can check us out over at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am here with my co host, Andrew Mertig. Andrew, welcome. It is good to be back for another Friday edition of the podcast.
3: Yeah, it's great to be back, Kyle. Uh, the Packers are back into the winning ways and if you've been following along with the podcast you have likely realized that there has developed a little bit of a big rivalry between the Thursday hosts and our show and honestly I actually really like their show don't tell anybody that (laughs) but I do but Steve Perhatch has decided to take my food takes to task and make things really personal so it is only fitting that in the pack a day Listener Fantasy Football League, Steve and I would find ourselves facing each other in the first round of the playoffs. And so forget Raven Steelers or Michigan State, Ohio State or Duke UNC or even Packers Bears. There is no more bitter rivalry than Packaday Thursday versus Friday. And I feel that I personally have to defend our honor on the pretend gridiron this week to show fake football supremacy and deal them a serious blow in round one of the cookie wars. And also the Packers play this week, which we should (laughs) probably
2: talk about. There is a lot going on there, man, but for sure. Let's talk about some football, but but first, good luck, Andrew. The fantasy playoffs are a big deal, so congrats on being there. Uh, My team struggled a little bit this year. I had too many shares of David Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster to be talking about the playoffs, Um, but that's okay. There's always next year, and so, uh, you know, it'll, it'll be better next year. I just want to say
3: I jokingly was like, can I draft all running backs this year? Because I drafted running backs in like seven of the first eight rounds. And somehow, you know, you just throw Lamar Jackson in at quarterback and you forget to set your lineup and you're okay.
2: It's unbelievable. I was I was thinking about taking a flyer on Lamar Jackson this year. Um, But I think I drafted Philip Rivers instead as a safe backup which I cry about every night as I go to bed. But um, let's talk about some football, Uh, Andrew. We're here for another round of key matchups and X-Factors because we want to see what big matchups and what individual players are going to play a big role in determining the outcome of this Sunday's game against the Washington football team. So let's start on the offensive side of things. Andrew, what matchup is going to have your attention when the Packers have the football on Sunday? I'm really going to be focused on the Packers' offensive line against
3: Washington's defensive line. Their defense is a pretty solid unit, at least statistically, but when I look at where they really stand out, it is up front. You, you have guys like Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne and Matt Ioannidis, and they're a really outstanding group. Their, their edge rushers are also pretty good, but uh, both Ryan Kerrigan and Montez Sweat are going into this game questionable. But in any case— the boys on the offensive line are going to have their hands full with those three that I mentioned at first up front. So the nation's capital football team is more vulnerable against the run than the pass, mainly because they have a pretty fearsome pass rush. But controlling the front line is going to be the key to this game. If the Packers can establish the running game and and give Aaron Rodgers time to throw, basically they should be able to find some separation on the scoreline. If not, Washington can keep this game pretty close into the, or late into the game and potentially even pull off an upset. I, I'm especially concerned with Payne lining up against Corey Lindsley. Cause we know Lindsley had a nice bounce back game against the giants, but he needs to continue that going forward and look more like last week and early season, Corey Lindsley, than you know, maybe part of that
2: struggle in the middle with the 49ers. Yeah, 100 percent. And you mentioned both Matt Ioannidis and De'Ron Payne are both impact players, especially in that running game. So hopefully the Packers offensive line is up to the task so that Green Bay does get that running game. Uh, Just, you know, getting that taken care of this week would be a huge help to this team. Uh, But for me, I'm going to be expecting big things from the Packers wide receivers against this Washington secondary. Specifically, I'm going to be watching for a big game yet again from Alan Lazard because wow, the <laughs> uh because nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, Devontae Adams will be seeing a lot of Quentin Dunbar, who, believe it or not, is Pro Football Focus's top-graded cornerback in the league this season. And it's a good thing that Washington has Dunbar because the rest of their corners are real bad. Uh, It really doesn't matter if we're talking about Jimmy Moreland, Fabian Moreau, or even Josh Norman. Big name, not a lot of big play. Um, all of Washington corners outside of Dunbar rank near the bottom of the league in coverage grade for pro football focus. Uh, and then there's another layer to this, the Washington safeties. Now, I totally forgot, honestly, that Landon Collins went to D.C. this offseason. And so he's on this team. I now know this. But... Um, <laughs> But he makes his impact in the running game as a big hitter. Um, And both he and Monte Nicholson that are back there as safeties have been really disappointing in coverage. So Sunday, I think we're going to be looking at a lot of opportunities for Aaron Rodgers to get the ball to his second and third receivers. Uh, Maybe get Aaron Jones involved in a downfield passing game to put some strain on the secondary because outside of Dunbar, it's a really bad group. And so I think that there's an opportunity for these wide receivers outside of Devontae Adams to have really big games on Sunday. Yeah, and, you know, I led this segment off by saying –
3: Washington's defense looks pretty solid, at least statistically. But I think this is where statistics can be a little bit misleading. Because from a team standpoint, when it comes to passing yardage and points allowed, the Washing Washington, <laughs> I can't <laughs> talk today, Washingtonians is what I was trying to say, look like a pretty solid <laughs> unit. Maybe middle of the pack at worst, but then you start to break that down into individual players and you look at some of the advanced metrics and you really see bad performances kind of all around outside of that defensive line. You you have to factor in the game that or factor in the games that they've been playing this season. They've been blown out a number of times, so teams just didn't need to pass against them in the second half. And they've had some incredibly sloppy games where the opposing team beat them soundly, but it just didn't look like it and they didn't have to pass a ton the one game that really sticks out of course is the 49ers 9 to nothing win in that atrocious weather game. San Francisco had 151 yards passing. So those kind of games are certainly going to skew your statistics when when you start to look at, you know, where they rank in the NFL.
2: Yeah, actually, I was looking at this, and like you said, like there's some stats that show that they, you know, put up some decent numbers statistically as a defense. Uh, But this team seems to resemble the Giants that we just got done playing quite a bit, and that like they have a good defense up front, but there's a lot of holes in the secondary. Um, and things that you can exploit. So hopefully that is the case, and hopefully that is something the Packers prepare for this week. Um, But that's the offense. Let's flip over to the defensive side of things, Um, who only gave up 13 points last week to the Giants and Daniel Jones. They also had those three interceptions in that game. And this week they're facing another rookie quarterback in Dwayne Haskins. So uh, what matchups do we think we should keep an eye on for the defense this week, Andrew? I'm going to take a look at Paul Richardson and Terry McLaurin, the
3: wide receivers, versus the Packers secondary. And so the Washington Football Club are dead last in the league in passing plays over 20 yards and fourth to last in passing plays over 40 yards. Uh, Part of that is getting sacked a lot. And part of it is a lack of separation. However, the caveat here is the dancing Dan Snyders have two really big play threats and a quarterback in Dwayne Haskins who can throw the ball over that there mountain. You know, he's got a big arm. So the Packers have to stay disciplined. I'm a little worried about this because typically when your secondary comes off a game where they recorded multiple interceptions, they tend to get really overly aggressive. And it's going to be crucial for Savage and Amos to stay disciplined and let the rookie quarterback make his mistakes. They orchestrated that game plan perfectly against Daniel Jones, and I'm hoping for a repeat this week.
2: Absolutely. And the dancing Dan Snyders is my favorite thus far as a name for this team that we are playing on Sunday. Very, very well done there, sir. Uh, But Zach Cruz tweeted some stats this week about how bad this Washington offense is. And I think we have to take all this with a grain of salt because they've been better with Haskins and guys contributing the last couple weeks and looking a little bit different. And their results have been a little bit different. But even still, Washington is 32nd in total yards. 32nd in points forced, 32nd in first downs, 32nd in passing yards, 32nd on third down. They're in last place in a lot of places, and so this offense is a mess. But the one place where Dan Snyder's football team has some hidden talent is on the offensive line. Uh, They've got Morgan Moses and Donald Penn at tackle, who are solid, not amazing. Uh, But they've also got Brandon Scherf and Chase uh, Rollier in the middle at guard and center, and they're really, really good players. And you know that Washington is going to want to run the ball in this game, right? Running the ball helps out their young quarterback and keeps um, a certain really good quarterback that wears number 12 off the field. And so uh, they're going to want to run the ball. That's the, that's the deal here on Sunday. The last couple weeks, they've split carries pretty evenly between Adrian Peterson and Darius Geis. Last week against the Panthers, Guyson and Peterson combined for 228 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. And we know that the Packers have kind of been willing to give up some yards in the running game to play the pass a little bit. Uh, but this week where Coach Pettin may need to commit to stopping the run and just get, decide that they need to challenge Dwayne Haskins and his receivers to be the way that they're beaten if they're going to be beaten and I think coming off a game where the Packers were able to limit Saquon Barkley makes you feel better about them doing that here but I'll be watching the Packers defensive line and Kenny Clark uh, Kingsley Kiki even and Dean Lowry to see if they're able to get it done versus this underrated Washington O-line because if they are I think the Packers could have this game in hand pretty early. And and you mentioned
3: overall the D.C. footballers are a terrible offense. This should be one of those games where the Smiths are just too much to handle. And we are seeing a lot of Fackrell and Rashawn Gary in the fourth quarter, but they are still an NFL team. And if the Packers don't focus in early, they could be in for a much closer game than we anticipate. Yeah, I
2: rattle off all the categories in which Washington ranks dead last, right? Uh, You just mentioned the Smith brothers and the Packers pass rush. And the good news for Washington is they don't rank 32nd in sacks allowed, but they do rank 30th. So (laughs) there should be some pretty good opportunities to get after the quarterback in this one.
3: And I'm kind of embarrassed to say I really talked this team up in our season previews. I thought they would be better than Dallas, though, to be totally fair, everyone in the NFC East is garbage. But the Lincoln Memorial Pigskins are a particularly embarrassing team. They, they've they gotten steamrolled by the Bears, the Giants and the Jets this year. They had to squeak out a win against the Dolphins, and they also have wins against the vaunted Lions and Panthers, who are just absolutely moving in the wrong direction. But they are in a two-game win streak, and they should be taken seriously. It's just that the expectation for a playoff-bound team is to beat this Washington squad by at least two scores.
2: And Lincoln Memorial Pigskins just uh, leapt into first place as the best name for the Washington football team, so well done again, sir. Uh, But those are our key matchups that we'll be paying attention to this week. Uh, Let's talk about some X-Factor players. X-Factor players are guys that generally we wouldn't see coming as a big impact player, Uh, but this is a player that, though they might be overlooked, we think can be surprisingly uh, have that surprising impact for the Packers in this game. So, Andrew, who is your X Factor selection for this week. Alright. Every time I go back
3: to this well, I get burned. <laughs> but I'm going to say Rashawn Gary. He he has been putting up some good things on tape. And even though the District of Columbia footballers have some talent on the offensive line, this should be a great opportunity to get the young pass rusher some extra reps with some home field advantage. I, I really think this could be the week we see multiple sacks from Gary. And Thank you, Kyle, for the shout-out on my pick of Darnell Savage last week as my X-Factor. He had an interception that basically just fell into his lap, but I'll still count that as a win uh, because we're going to need to ignore how much I talked about two players who didn't even suit up in Evan Ingram and Jabril Peppers because (laughs) it would be embarrassing if I were to bring that up on the recording. Yeah, we don't ever bring
2: up the players and the um, the picks that we just totally get wrong. I won't, you know, mention, obviously, Jay Sternberger not being active uh, for the, the game that I predicted he'd get his first touchdown in. But multiple sacks for Rashawn Gary from Andrew Mertig, folks. You heard it yeah, here? Yeah, I'm going to
3: say one and a half counts, though.
2: Okay, one and a half counts. Like he gets once. He gets the assist. Um, on the second one. Okay, we'll see what happens there. I I like it. Um, I'm going to cheat here a little bit, which I feel like I'm always bending the rules a little bit when it comes to X-Factor players, but I'm not even picking a player this week. This week, I'm picking you, the fans, as the X-Factors in this game, because this is a home game at Lambeau Field, and it's a game that fans might be looking past a little bit as we look ahead to games against the Bears and the hated Vikings. But when you're playing a team as bad as Washington, and an offense as bad as theirs, crowd noise absolutely plays a huge, huge factor. And we saw how turnovers impacted the game in New York. And Sunday, Green Bay faces another rookie under center in Haskins. And so I'm going to pick the fans this week and say that it's on the fans in the stands to have a good, get-loud Lambeau day and do their part to help this defense find some turnovers again and some delay of game penalties even, and help the Packers get to that 10-3 and 3 record that we want to see.
3: That's me that you're talking about. <laughs> I'll be there, and yep. I guarantee you on Monday I'm not going to be able to talk. I think it's becoming a problem at work <laughs> that after Packer <laughs> home games I can't like speak at all, but I don't care. Like, that that's my my responsibility as a ticket holder, to be loud. Now, I have a sneaking suspicion the crowd's going to be a little bit slow. The weather's not phenomenal here. I haven't looked ahead to the forecast for Sunday. Um, but oftentimes, against lower opponents, fans take a little while to warm up. But I, I will say the hype videos and, and everything have been doing a really good job of getting the crowds rolling and, and being uh, pretty
2: loud this year. And if my... You know, encouragement is not enough. I did actually pick the fans as my X Factor before I saw this, but Aaron Rodgers went out of his way today to say, get up early, start tailgating early in the morning and get yourself ready to be loud. So he's asking people uh, to go the extra mile uh, to be loud on Sunday. So, um, he mentioned some some intoxication uh, methods that you may take to to get loud. Uh, I don't know that we want to promote that on the podcast. I don't know what the rules are about that, but no. you know, <laughs> it's
3: fine, it's fine. But remember moderation. This is the pack a day podcast, not the case a day podcast. <laughs> and honestly, some of the biggest issues with crowd noise happen with overindulgence. And so, um, you know, have fun. Be be rowdy, but uh, keep it under control a little bit too. Don't be cheering when the Packers are on offense because you are so inebriated that you didn't remember. (laughs) Absolutely. Pro tip. Anyways, was there anything else that we wanted to to chat about before the end of the show?
2: Yeah, I mean, not to toot our own horns too much, but maybe a little bit. Last week we talked. there you go. Um, special teams. We talked about special teams last week and just kind of the train wreck that it has been and um, just kind of wondering where we were going to find a solution because um, we've been real, real bad. So we've kind of wondered, is there a solution on this roster? And we kind of got an answer this week. Andrew, uh, did the Packers make a move that we should be aware of? Well, they
3: did, and, and so hopefully everybody's seen this by now, but Tyler Irvin was picked up off of the the Jaguars and um, is going to replace Trayvon Smith. One of the things that I did say last week, I, I said eventually Trayvon Smith is going to drop a punt, and I, I meant that he was going to not catch it cleanly, not fumble it out of bounds, but uh, it sort of came to fruition in any case. it, It was just a disaster. Traymond Smith, um, looked like a really good kick returner in Kansas city. He definitely didn't look comfortable returning punts. Um, and the Packers went out and they, they got somebody, um, Tyler Irvin's a running back I really liked uh, in the pre-draft process out of San Jose State, and he he has not been a running back in the NFL. I believe he has zero career carries, uh, (laughs) but has turned into a really, really strong specialist, and so You know, you you kind of cross your fingers and hope that he's going to make a difference and it's not just all about poor blocking because, I, you know, I don't watch enough tape on special teams to really evaluate that. But uh, you'd have to think he can't do any worse than what, what they had.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Tyler Irvin will be wearing number 32. Uh, In four years in the league, he averages 21.1 yards on kicks and 8.3 yards per punt return. Uh, And Coach LaFleur has said he's stepping in and taking those snaps immediately. So I think that speaks to the fact that's kind of interesting that there's nobody else on this team that they think uh, maybe gets a shot there. He's going to come in and be an upgrade over anybody else that's even on this in, on this roster. And so that's a little bit scary to me that, you know, somebody that's uh, not on the team comes in to a team that is a playoff team and they're just going to throw him out there. But he's obviously shown that he can do it um, and they're confident to let him have those reps right away. And I'm totally stealing this from somebody on Twitter and I
3: apologize. I'm not Crediting because I can't remember off the top of my head who had who had tweeted this but the the last time the Packers made a waiver claim on a return man from Jacksonville it turned out pretty pretty well um, that of course would be Desmond Howard um, in the Super Bowl run and so you know you hope that he has uh, a percentage of that kind of success and um, you know anything to help positively flip the field position is going to be huge for this team going going down the line because oftentimes the difference in some of those playoff games is is one or two possessions and, and you know gaining 10 or 15 yards uh, and, and giving Aaron Rodgers a little bit less field to have to drive is is going to be really key to this team and being successful once they stop playing the Giants and the Washingtonians of The league.
2: And so, for those of you keeping score at home on the Friday edition of the podcast, we've predicted that Rashawn Gary will have one and a half sacks and that the Packers have picked up the next Desmond Howard off of waivers from the Jacksonville Jaguars. That is
3: exactly what I said.
2: Thank (laughs) you. And I'm
3: sure there will be somebody on Twitter who remembers that forever because there always is. You're welcome. But nobody tells Steve. Okay, anyways, uh, that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packer A Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please go out and follow us if you enjoy our show. Remember to also follow at Packer A Podcast. Uh, subscribe and rate the podcast if you like what we're doing. On tomorrow's episode, we'll get an update on the injury report for Sunday's game. You can catch Kyle and myself every Friday. And next week, we're going to be previewing the Packers matchup against the Chicago Bears. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember. Go back, go!